Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is Madam Mayor. <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot, or Mayor-elect Lori Mayor Lightfoot, congratulations Thank to you, you on a smashing victory. You must have surprised even you. Well, yes, um, is the bottom line. We Our internal numbers showed a pretty comfortable lead going for a number of weeks before the election, but the margin of victory was, was even larger than we had anticipated, and certainly winning all 50 wards is a great, great honor. And what is the message to those aldermen of those 50 wards? Do they have to pay attention to that mandate? I think they'd be foolish not to. I mean, the voters spoke in an unequivocal way um, that they want to change. And the same old, same old isn't going to work. So we ran on a message of change. We were very unambiguous about that. Um, we're going to bring a, a fulsome good government package that is certainly going to um, uh, disrupt the status quo, but that's what I ran on and that's what the voters voted for. So what is this good government package that you hope to pass in the first hundred days? Well, we, we haven't fleshed out all the details yet. We're still working on that and getting ideas from you know, very thoughtful people that worked in this space. But certainly the basics um, are um, what I outlined during the course of the campaign. Um, we're going to address automatic prerogative, term limits for mayors, um, term limits for committee chairmanships, um, and uh, you know, this is a small issue, but it's important to me. The city council is going to have to get its own lawyer. Uh, we can't have the corporation council both advising the mayor, being the, the lawyer for the city, and also the lawyer for the city council. So that's going to be some pretty fundamental change. But um, there's a lot to do, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But you're already getting pushback. Aldermen are saying, let us pick our own committee chairman. This is a strong council. Are you okay with that? Look, I want to make sure that the city council is not a rubber stamp. That's critically important to me. doesn't benefit anybody other than somebody who wants to tightly hold on to power. But I also want to make sure that we have, uh, we are true to the mandate that the, the voters have given us. And what I worry a little bit about is <coughs> the more um, senior aldermen who are not necessarily down with the change uh, momentum and, and the, the need to retransform city government. I don't want to replace a broken system with an even more broken system. So there'll be back and forth and there'll be dialogue, which I think is a healthy thing uh, for, um, for us and for the city to see that we're actually moving forward and making good on the promises that were made by many of us, particularly um, some of the newer candidates that upset old uh, incumbents. But are you okay with them picking their own finance chairman, with them picking their own committee chairman? I think we're going to have a dialogue about that. Okay, so you want to have some input. Of course. Okay, you want people you can trust. Who are the people that you would trust with finance? Well, look, I think there are a number of people that were very supportive of my campaign that are good, smart, able people that really care about public service. Um, certainly, um, I'm not naming names of, of, of chairs because we haven't had that dialogue. But look, the list is, is obvious. Wagus back, um, uh, um, 
uh, uh, Matt O'Shea, Gil Viegas is a really smart and able guy. Um, certainly Alderman Beal, Alderman Mitz, Alderman Scott. Those are some of the people. Um, of course, Tom Tunney. Um, I like Derek Curtis a lot. So we're going to confer with those folks and obviously others, particularly some of the new people, Maria Haddon, um, uh, Alex uh, uh, Vegas. Uh, so those people, we want to make sure that um, we are listening to them, engaging them in a dialogue about how we need to work together to move the, the city forward. Um, I want a city council that isn't focused on individual, exclusively on individual ward issues. We've got big issues as a city that we need to tackle, and I want a city council that's focused on those big citywide issues um, as well as individual ward concerns. But you're not bending on aldermanic prerogative because a no. lot of aldermen don't want to get rid of that. I understand, but it's, it, we're getting rid of it. We have to move forward. Why is, is that a non-negotiable? Be because of the problems with it. And when I talk about having aldermen focus on citywide issues, if you've got 50 separate fiefdoms that you have to deal with on issues like affordable housing, like just on getting a sign um, on your building, it makes doing business with the city of Chicago damn near impossible. I've heard that from every stripe of businessmen, small, medium, large. I've heard it from individual citizens. But it's also, if we're going to really give true to the mandate for change that the voters voted for overwhelmingly, we cannot have a circumstance where an individual alderman can exercise unilateral control over virtually everything that goes on um, in their ward. And it's not just the big deals that are a problem. It's the hundreds of thousands of contacts that aldermen have every single day with constituents that we don't, we're never going to know about. They're never going to be visible. They're not going to be transparent. Obviously, aldermen have to have notice and opportunity for input. They should drive agendas. That's what the committee process is for. That's what aldermanic votes are for. But we cannot have 50 separate aldermen having unchecked power to place Caesar on everything that goes on. And that's why it's fundamentally a problem. Ed Burke is messing around. What's he up to? Is he trying to organize against you already? Well, I'm not surprised. Um, does that surprise you? Of course he is. That's what he does. But it's, it's not like it's a surprise. It's not like I'm unaware of it. And he's going to have bigger fish to fry. I have every confidence that the charges are going to be brought um, in an indictment against him before um, the new mayor, before I'm sworn in. So he needs to focus on his own personal circumstances and stop trying to meddle around. We're not going to resurrect um, the Verdoliac 29 in the form of Ed Burke. That's not going to happen. But he's trying to do that, isn't well, he? Well, he can try all he wants. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be successful. He's met in his match in you? Well, in any alderman who's going to try to align themselves with Ed Burke at this time, we're going to make sure that that gets very public and exposed, and they're going to have to explain to the public why it is that they're aligning with them against the voters of this city. So you're saying stay away from him or risk being exposed? If you're going to align yourself with the likes of Ed Burke, I'm going to do everything I can to shine a light on that, and they're going to have to um, explain to the voters why they are standing in the way of what the voters' mandate is. What is his motive, do you think, in trying to... It's always power. Yeah. It's always power. It's a game to him. I don't know that it's a game, but it's, he's been very successful in accumulating power despite the odds, and he's not going to give up on that easily. I know that, but beware. Hmm. Well, you met with Eddie Johnson, mm -hmm. and he came away very, very encouraged at his appeal to stay. Will you keep him? And will you keep him so he can have his pension fully vested next April, not this April? Mm -hmm. And does he deserve to stay? 
Well, look, I, I've, I am in the same place now as I was during the campaign. The police department has a number of big issues that they have to wrestle with. Of course, the daily violence, the consent decree, um, and having a summer plan for violence. Um, and it's not appropriate, I think, for me to be speculating about what his future is. At the end of the summer, we're going to take stock and evaluate. Along the way, I'm going to uh, lay out very clear metrics and milestones that I expect him and the department to meet. And then once we um, see what the summer's like, we'll have that conversation. I like him. I have a good working relationship with him. I want him to be successful because literally the lives of our children depend upon it. But I'm going to be a, a, a boss who... Um, is going to hold people accountable. That's, I think, my responsibility as the mayor of the city. That's what the voters expect. And I'm not going to cut corners, um, no matter what my personal relationship with someone might be. And he says that the problem with changing police culture is that there are too many changes at the top of departments and that you really need to leave stability in place. Well, stability is absolutely important, but it's not the other only thing that's important. You've got to have, you can't have stability for stability's sake. What does the leader do with that confidence and support? What kind of changes is that leader um, making? What vision for change and change in the culture does a leader have? So those are conversations that we will have. And I've got obviously very clear ideas about what I'd like to see. But I'm going to do that in concert with him. I'm going to give him an opportunity now that I'm the, going to be the mayor um, to demonstrate um, his plan and his effectiveness and his vision. And he says uh, he admits to a code of silence now. Finally, he did that. Were you encouraged by that? Was that a good thing? Well, of course there's a code of silence. But there's a code of silence in every organization I've ever been associated with. But of course it's important for him to acknowledge it. Now the question is, what are you going to do about it? Now, Janice Jackson, mm -hmm. is she going to stay? Haven't we seen a revolving door over there that's been a detriment well, I think, to the school system? I think it's been even more dire in CPS. Having five CEOs over the last seven years, not just five CEOs, you know, one let off to jail in handcuffs, um, another who leaves under a cloud of, of suspicion because he interfered with an internal investigation, on and on and on. Um, I've met with her. Um, I came away very impressed. Um, and we're going to continue to have discussions to make sure we're on the same page. And I've said to her the same thing I've said to literally every city employee, um, every person who's come and sought um, in a, a meeting with me, tell me what the right thing is to solve this, this, and this problem. Don't tell me the political answer. Tell me what the right thing is to do. And then we'll solve, we'll deal with the, the politics. But I want people's honest assessment of problems, issues, uh, opportunities without it being filtered through a political lens. I'll deal with the politics, um, but I want to know what they think is the best thing to do. We had a very fulsome conversation initially. We're going to meet again, and I was impressed by um, what I saw of her and our one-on-one, -on -one. and she gets tremendous um, praise from people all over. Literally last night I was at an event and a principal um, came up to me and we were talking and I was asking her about you know, what um, are the issues and challenges that she sees. And um, as if on cue, she started talking about Janice Jackson and how great she was. And Janice was actually walking towards us. I said, well, you can turn around and tell her yourself. Hmm. That's the kind of praise that she gets from people at every level um, in the school system. And, and I think that that's, you're doing something right when you're getting that kind of universal praise. So, but you've talked about a reconciliation process. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? For the school closings, for the sex abuse scandal, for what? Keep going. 
I think all of those things. I think that's important for her as a leader to understand the harm that's been done, um, the lingering um, concern that is out there, and she knows that. But yeah, I'm going to push her to think about the best ways in which she can bridge that divide. Just like this. An police. apology tour? What should she do? Well, I think she's got to reach out to people who have been affected by decisions that have been made. Look, some of those decisions that were made, certainly the school closures were um, when she was not in charge of the school system, but NTA, um, National Teachers Academy, is a real yeah. issue. I think she's got to bridge the divide with that that school community is critically important. I'm more than willing um, to help in that circumstance. But she's got to be the leader of the entire school system, and there can't be schools or neighborhoods or communities that she can't go into. That just won't do. My view is, as the mayor, I need to set the agenda, I need to set the vision, and then it's, it's up to people who are able to execute on that vision, and, and then we are in a regular dialogue and we'll hold each other accountable. The elected school board bill passed, mm -hmm. 21 members. No, I don't support that bill. Yes, I support an elected school board. I think it's critically important um, to regain the legitimacy of our system. But we have to have a school board that is actually going to be able to function, and that has true parent representatives on it. There's nothing about the Rob Martwick bill that I like. Rob Martwick, the gift that keeps on the giving. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so what are you going to do then? How large should the board be? I would like to, uh, 21 is just unmanageable. They're never going to be able to get anything done. Uh, I haven't arrived at what the right number is. It seems to me somewhere around the 9 or 11 range makes sense to me. Uh, I want to make sure that we have a process by which parents can actually sit on that elected school board. I don't want to have another um, elected body where we're going to see outrageous amounts of money that are going to be needed to be raised. That's going to exclude parent voices. So the details really do matter. That bill doesn't address really any of those issues. And, I, and I'm not going to support something until we have a, a path for true parent representatives. I said it during the course of the campaign. I like, me, I like the idea of having uh, members who sit on that board come through the LSC process because that means they've got skin in the game, they've got um, kids in the school, um, they're going to have to, they've had dealt with budgeting, hiring, firing. That's a good training ground. It's not, it's not the only thing that I think we have to look at criteria, but that's a good start for me. Should there be public funding for those elections? Well, I'd like to make the elections cheap enough um, but yes, I think we've got to look at what is going to be the funding mechanism so people don't have to go out and raise undue sums of money that then r runs a risk of having um, undue influences um, shaping who gets on the board, who gets a seat at the table, whose voices are heard. I want it to be a fair election that, as I said before, um, has true parent represent representation. You've also talked about changes to the current board until that board is seated. What well, do you do there? Well, we're, we're looking at um, a lot of different models um, to make that happen, but absolutely changes are going to come. Can you give us a preview as to what? Well, we're not far enough along in our thinking yet, but we'll certainly be um, rolling something out and have a process. Ideally, I'd like to have it start um, before um, Inauguration Day, um, but I'm mindful of the fact that I think it's in June that the new um, officers take um, will have to take office and be appointed. But we're, we're going to make wholesale changes on that board. There's what no would you like to see changed before Inauguration Day? Uh, the, the, the composition of the school board. How would you do that? Well, that's what I'm saying. We're working on a process yeah. right now, and we'll reveal it um, when that process is complete. School closing moratorium and charter school moratorium. Correct. How long? 
How well, long? How long until I would get in and, and kind of look under the hood at what the challenges are? <clears throat> we have to have a strong, vibrant neighborhood school system. And unfortunately, the way in which the process has been managed is too much money has gone to charters and our neighborhood schools are either now non-existent or they're on life support. So we've got to change that dynamic around. But you're not promising never to close schools. I mean, we have 150,000 too many seats. No, what I've said in our education policy is that school closures have to be the last result after a lot of other options are explored. But no child benefits by being in an understaffed, under-resourced school where they don't get the full array of programs so that they can have a great, vibrant school education. But we're not there yet. Um, and I only want to do that after we've exhausted every other alternative in conversation with the community. Do you anticipate keeping any of Rahm Emanuel's people? Let's go through the list. Mike Kelly at the Park well, District. I, I'm not going to go through and name names. I don't think that would be appropriate. There will be some people that we're looking at um, that we think makes sense to keep, but there are other people that um, are, are other people already notified us that they're going to be leaving. Um, so Who, Who's already notified well, you? Well, I, I want them to be able to make that public themselves, but there are definitely going to be people who are leaving, going on for other opportunities. Some people, I think, are going to be retiring, but there are other people that we're going to say thank you for your service and it's time for change. Gene Jones over at CHA is being recruited by New York. Does he intend to leave? I had actually seen in the, in the public press that he, he told was not. the city club that he's not leaving. He That's wants to stay. That's what so I Do you want him to stay? Well, I, I think we need to evaluate everybody on their own merits, and I'm not committing yet to anybody staying. Um, we're in the process of evaluating that now, and we'll be um, making, um, we'll be giving public notification when we're ready at that point. The mayor has been making a lot of appointments to <clears throat> boards. Is he packing those boards? Well, that's going to stop. It, it, did it happen? There have been some changes that have been made. There have been some um, hires that have been made. We've been very clear that we want to have the flexibility, both in city employment, but also boards, to be able to choose our own people. So. That um, we're in conversations with them, but that's going to stop. The mayor said he would stop it. Well, we're in conversations at the staff level, and we've been very clear that that should not proceed. And um, we're working on pressing them on that. But my view is there should be no more appointments. There should be no other hiring and key positions when we're on the cusp of a change um, in leadership. That should not happen. Did you tell him that to his face? We've talked about that at the staff level. We've got notification of that after we had um, our meeting and we've been very blunt and direct about that that has to stop. Uh, the Obama phone call, mm -hmm. he didn't get involved. Tony Parkwinkle tried to get him involved. Mm -hmm. Was he protecting himself in terms of the, uh, the Obama presidential Look, center? I, I, I can't speak for him, and I would never do that. We had a very cordial conversation. Um, he explained to me that he and Michelle had a, a policy that they weren't going to get involved in, in, in effect, contested Democratic primaries, and which makes sense to me. Um, but I look forward to meeting him in person. I invited him to come to the inauguration. I Is think it would be say a good yes? thing. You know, look, the man's got a schedule that's probably backed up about two years. He so didn't, do you. He didn't, well, <laughs> he didn't commit, but I'm hopeful that he's going to be able to find time in his schedule um, to come for the inauguration, and if not, then to visit soon. But the community benefits agreement that you have promised, will you deliver one? Well, and look, how? Look, what I have said is, um, it's important for the people in that community to be heard and respected. They're worried about displacement, and I get that. 
And you know, when I am mayor, if that issue is still open, I'm going to dig in and, and we're going to get a resolution. It's going to be open. I mean, you could still cut a deal on community benefits, right? Well, I'm saying if it's still open by the time I'm sworn in, I'm going to dig in and we're going to get a deal. The golf course merger, should that be killed? I'm not, I never understood I, I, that. I don't know enough about it. I'm not what I know about it. I'm not wild about. But I Why? want to be. I want to be fair. Why are you not wild? Well, about? It, it, because it felt it feels like it's not a plan, a, not a well thought out plan. It's not a plan that's been respectful of the community. There's some environmental issues, obviously, with it. So I want to make sure that I get a full briefing on it, which I will get in the coming days. I don't want to weigh in, but I'm, I've got concerns and some red flags. And there's a public infrastructure requirement to it. Yes. Is it worth the money? Well, that's all things that I have questions about and we'll see. Now, Lincoln Yards in the 78. Here's the finance agenda. It's on it. Yep. Will you stop it? This is a Monday meeting. You have really hours to figure out whether you you could stop it and then wait till you get in and see if you can cut a better deal, particularly on Lincoln Yards where you haven't been happy with the, the yep. number of 600 yep. affordable units. Well, I want to understand um, the contract, it's 600 pages, so I've got a team of lawyers that are tearing that apart now and looking at it. We'll make our decision over the weekend, but I want to make sure that we are getting the best possible deal for the city um, going forward and that we're not hamstrung on other um, great economic development needs on the south and the west side. Can't you get more in terms of affordable housing on site than oh, 600 course. units? Of course we can get more. And of you're going to push for it? Absolutely. Okay, so the only way you're going to leave it on the agenda or ask that it be left on the agenda is if you get more affordable units. No, that's not the only thing that I'm concerned about. Uh, and again, I don't want to negotiate in, in, um, in public. There's a number of things that I'm concerned about. Um, we've had some preliminary discussions with the mayor and his team about them, and we're going to see if we can get some of those issues resolved. Um, if not, then I'll be very, very public about um, what my views are on it, but it's, it's not for here and now. The FOP is upset with you for saying to your colleagues over at the U.S. Attorney's Office, would you re-examine the code of silence verdicts against those three officers who allegedly covered for Jason Van Dyke? And well, it's Lord not Paul. just those three officers. I want the U.S. Attorney's Office to open up this grand jury investigation, which was larger than just those three officers. Those three officers were the ones that were chosen for prosecution by the special prosecutor, the state special prosecutor. The U.S. Attorney's grand jury uh, investigation, I believe, was much more um, wide-ranging than that. I want them to reinvigorate um, that to determine whether or not um, there are any federal charges that make sense. So, you know, the FOP is upset with me basically every day, so add it to the list. You don't care? I, 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 what I care about is making sure that we are fair, that we are fair to communities, that we are fair to individual um, line police officers and giving them the support. Um, I would like to have a good productive relationship with the FOP leadership, but that's not going to stop me from pushing forward on the things that I think are important and right. And they went after Kim Fox. They want her to resign. They feel like no confidence, etc. Is that unfair? Do you think she's being tarred and feathered unfairly? Well, look, opposition from FOP leadership goes with the territory. Kim is a very strong and able person. I like her a lot personally. I support her. And the, the, look, she, she ran on and has been working on transformational change of an incredibly moribund um, institution 
that hasn't seen anything like what she's trying to accomplish, maybe in its entire history. So of course, you're gonna have people that are upset with you, you're gonna have your detractors, but she, her North Star is very clear, and I support her. The teachers uh, union was a big loser in the election, and yet they put out a very provocative statement on election night, did you see it? I heard about it. And what does that say? Are so they, it says that it's contract negotiation season. That's what yeah. it says. And you say you're not leading with your, as you put it, middle finger on the negotiations. No. But w what does your mandate say to the teachers union about the teachers contract? Well, I think not just the mandate, but the number of teachers that supported me, um, the number of school personnel that supported me, both by their votes, but also by, you know, small donations that they made, the number of teachers and other support personnel who um, came up to me along the, the journey in the campaign says to me that we're saying the right things that are important to teachers. So that's what I'm focused on. I'm going to talk directly to the teachers, to the librarians, to the counselors, to the social workers, to the principals. Those are the people that um, really are profoundly shaping the everyday experience of kids in the classroom, and those are the people that we need to reach, and that's who I'm speaking to. Can you undo any of the, the mayor's education spending of, of late, the $28 million for preschools, the, uh, the special money for different schools? How did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, those are the kind of things that we're looking at now. I mean, we, there are some things that we're aligned on. There are some things that we are not aligned on. I have a very clear vision of where I want to take CPS in, in concert with Janice Jackson and her leadership team. Um, we're going to be meeting with them soon to talk through some additional issues. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be true to the things that I talked about, focusing on neighborhood schools, having parents, teachers, and building principals as welcome partners in this in most important mission, which is educating our kids. Let's talk quickly about a couple things. The gang database, mm -hmm. will you get rid of it yes. immediately? When? Well, I'm going to get rid of it as soon as, we, as practical. I've been very clear about that. Superintendent knows that. The people that lead the um, the intel um, areas clearly have heard me speak to that, and I'm uh, very clear that we're not going to set up any alternative until we have a real process for transparency that the public can see, and, and it has to have a bona fide law enforcement uh, purpose and not just throwing names um, into uh, a database without any real um, um, policy and practical um, regulation on how who gets in and who stays. Infrastructure trust, will you keep it? No. Why? Because I don't think it has fulfilled its mandate. Um, I like Leslie Darling, who leads it a lot. She's somebody that I've known for a very long time. But that work can be done by the Public Building Commission that has you know, decades of experience in building um, um, municipal buildings. So we need to go back to the Public um, Building Commission. World Business Chicago? Look, I think World Business Chicago has a lot of potential. I'm excited about um, learning more and getting a more detailed briefing from Andrea Zopp and her team. But we've got to have growth. We've got to have make sure that our businesses, whether they're small, middle market, or large, have access to uh, world markets. And I think World Business Chicago is a place that we can drive that kind of um, economic development and expansion. The hotel tax increase that you proposed, they're saying don't, don't mess with it. It, it yeah, threatens I, to kill I, the golden I, I misspoke when I talked about that earlier, and I've tried to correct that. What I, what I meant to say is this. I want to make sure that we're dedicating a portion of that tax for the arts. That's what I meant to say, and I misspoke um, earlier. So you're not going to increase it? I, I don't see it. It's, it's, a, it's a very significant tax. 
and I think increasing it is not going to help our entertainment um, and hospitality um, industry. So I want to make sure that we are careful about that and that we're doing everything that we can support it. Tourism is huge for our, our city. It's got to continue to be huge, and I don't want to do anything that impedes that. Cap on ride sharing? Well, I, I haven't come to conclusion about where and how, but we've got to re regulate rides here, and it's out of control. It's an unfair, they have an unfair market advantage against taxi cabs. I've been very clear about that. Um, we're digging in on what New York has done and some other cities across the country. So the changes are absolutely going to be coming to rideshare. The parking meter deal? Somebody wrote an op-ed <coughs> saying you should mess with that and do something with that. Well, we're going, to look, we're going to look at it. You know, I think Rom looked at it when he came in. It's a terrible deal for the city. It continues to be a terrible deal. Is there deal. any leverage there for you? I don't know the answer to that yet, but we're certainly going to look at it and see if we can. The O'Hare architect, Jeannie Gang, uh, there's been some concern about how that was done. Well, look, I don't like behind doors closed processes. I think anybody who's paid attention to me knows that. I have a lot of respect for the work that Jeannie Gang and her team have done, not only in the U.S., but across the world. Um, but, you know, when you don't have a transparent process, when you invite people in and you don't tell them what the, what the rules of the game are, you're going to get criticism. But I'm also mindful of the fact that the people who are criticizing it are men who are criticizing a woman. So will you look at it again or no? I, I, I want to know more about it. Um, but I'm not going to commit, um, because I don't know that it's necessary, to reopen the process. But what I can say is, under a Lightfoot administration, we're not going to see processes like this. It's going and to be the police academy. Look, that I think... Is that, that a done deal? Is I it... think that's a done deal, and what I want to do is make sure that we work cooperatively with the community, with the elected officials on the west side. Look, there's no doubt about it. The west side absolutely needs investment. All you have to look at is historical crime data to see that we're, we've made progress in other parts of the city. We have not made nearly the progress that we have to on the west side. That is a function of the lack of investment and how poor those communities are. And we've got to make sure that the investments that we make are smart, um, that they are going to be a catalyst for other investments. And I'm, I'm committed to working with um, the west side to make sure that that investment really is transformative and not transactional. The last time you came here, you drove your own car. Mm -hmm. Now you're in a big SUV. I always wondered, maybe the mayor should not drive a big gas-guzzling SUV. Are you going to change that? Well, look, I, my car is a hybrid, um, and I believe in um, clean energy. I believe in um, making sure that we can do everything we can to reduce our carbon footprint. Um, and so I'm going to look at that. You know, this is a new world for me, having a security <laughs> detail and worrying about these issues. Um, but I am also realistic. I'm not going to do anything that puts me at risk because my family depends upon me, and I'm not going to do anything to put my family in harm's way. But yeah, it's 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 not it's not where I have been, and so it takes some getting used to for sure. Well, good luck to, uh, throwing out the first pitch. Thank you. Tow the rubber, get it over the plate. <laughs> Congratulations, thank you. and thank you for joining it's us. My and we will see you all next week.